Friend Info Adventure Co. is an immaturely mature podcast. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. Welcome back to Friend Info Adventure Co. It's been five weeks since we've recorded a new episode, which is almost the longest we've ever gone without doing something. So, whew, my apologies if we're a little rusty here. I'll start off with I'm Riley. I am the Bunker Master, but you can call me the Almighty BM. We do frivolous facts at the beginning of the episodes. Frivolous facts are just what they sound like. Frivolous facts that don't necessarily matter. Uh, And I do them about the world or characters in the world. And the frivolous fact about Alaspis today is that in every town, there is a town drunk named Gary. Is it the same guy? Nope, no relation. No? Okay. I thought maybe it was just like one guy who had to go around to every town. Do they have like a a guild? Like a guild of Gary that sends out a Gary to every town? (laughs) The drunk guild. (laughs) I know what guild I'm joining. They don't start out as Garys, but once you're initiated in, you are legally a Gary. And it is your job to drink the grog. Yeah, hey, I'm Mercurius. I'm Kyle. I play Mercurius. His frivolous fact for today is going to be, I don't think I've mentioned this yet, he used to have a tattoo on his right forearm that was that classic mom with the banner heart, but it was on his right forearm, which as we all know, no longer exists. So it's gone now. No more tattoos. (laughs) I thought you were going to say it was on his wanking arm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, that was just uh, too Freudian, so he had to get rid of it. That's kind of a darker one. Yeah. (laughs) What does your mama think of that? I bet she liked the tattoo. And she's like, when are you going to get that replaced? But man, tattoos are expensive. I'm an adventurer, not a millionaire. Hello, I'm Phil. I play Tarquin Britstone. Fun fact, did you know that the official pigment of Tarquin's hair is called Wenge? Wow, really, really frivolous today. (laughs) Yeah. People are often complimenting him on his (laughs) Wenge locks. It's a lovely shade of whinge. <laughs> uh, I'm Matt. I play good boy. And a frivolous fact about him is that I'm not going to pause today. I'm just going to say something. He once saw a cat. Nice. Any details on the cat? It was a, a tabby. It was a tabby. What was his gut reaction when he first saw it? Excitement, probably. It's like, ooh, a cat. I'm Kimberly. I play Phaleon. I was going to do a different frivolous fact, but then you brought up Gary. So she tries to avoid the town Gary at all costs. Has she ever had any interactions with the Gary? No. Yeah, what's the Gary lore? There isn't any. She just avoids him. Maybe that's your siren powers. As soon as you enter a new town, you can sense where the Gary is. (laughs) (laughs) Previously on Friend and Foe Adventure Co., You four were doing quests in the Frosty Flagon, but come to find out that it was all just a mindfuck, and you were only sort of there, you were just mentally there, and that if you went out on an adventure and actually died on the adventure, you die in real life. So Phil died on a quest, got pulled out by the Siren Queen, conversation happened, so then you got sent back with your memories intact, and then you started causing a bit of a ruckus. Phaleon kind of figured things were going weird. Tarquin got shot inside of the tavern, so then he was put back into his body. And then Phaleon used the red gem to get out of her body, and then they went around with 
Princess Consuela and got everybody else out while Good Boy and Mercurius just kept doing quests. They had no idea what was going on. Mercurius looked real rough for wear, but you barely pulled him out just before he left the tavern on his final quest. So you all got out, you walked across the frozen lake, you got to the island, walked up closer. As, as you got closer, you saw a building made completely out of ice. Above the front door was a sign that looked like a mug of ale, and it said, The Frosty Flagon. So that is where you guys are at. Let's see. The four of you and Princess Consuela stand in front of an icy building. In the center is a door. Above the door, a sign that looks like a mug, and it says, The Frosty Flagon. I was looking for uh, healing potions on my character sheet. I don't have any. I probably looked last time. Why don't you all read what your health is? Well, mine is six. Mine is definitely 33. Mine is 10. Mine is 35. Hey, Mercurius, I've got a 2d8 plus 5 health potion if you want it. Oh, you're so nice. I'll drink that. Yeah, go for it. I'll give you a drink. I almost said I got a drink 2d8 now. (laughs) Kind of hard to drink these. They're solid. (laughs) 10, 11 plus 5, 16. 16 HP back. Good, good, good. Ah, thanks. You're a real one. (laughs) You're welcome, babes. Now, presumably, evil Elsa bitch is going to be inside the Frosty Flagon, right? Uh, you gotta roll your damage. What? She is oh. an evil. She is an evil Elsa bitch. Four, four damage. Damn it! Just because your sexism might be true doesn't mean it's not sexist. <laughs> Should have saved that health potion. No. <laughs> there might be a little left in here. Uh, <laughs> drops. But presumably, we need to go in. We can't just stand outside all day, right? Just hang out out here until our health regens. <laughs> just light the building on fire yeah Dude. oh yeah let's do that that would really mess up riley's plans let's just set the building on fire <laughs> who got the flame fan from the only fans uh that's is that me i think it's mine yeah yeah i got the flame fan get waft in a waft can i waft i'm gonna waft roll an attack 12 accuracy six plus one is a seven 14 damage as you fan the flames at ice, that's going to take the double damage. So you see, where are you aiming it at, right? There's the, near the center is the door, left and right, windows. Front and center, doors. It's made of ice. It's not going to burn very good. It was worth a shot. So your flames hit it. That's enough damage to put a okay sized hole in it. Enough that you could probably dive through it. And then a few seconds later, it starts to heal. And now it looks like it is just fine. It's magic. Should have known. You think I didn't plan for you fucks to try and (laughs) (laughs) burn a building down? Yeah. Although, if the lovely lady inside is forced to concentrate on too many things at once, might that weaken her somehow? If we set multiple fires that she had to, like, focus her magic on, would that help us in the fight to come? She's going to drain her mana pool. <laughs> you going to say mana I don't know pool. if that's how this... Is that how this works? I don't think that's how this works. We don't have mana on... I don't have mana on my character sheet. Phaleon, how how does it work? The, the magic, not the other thing. <laughs> <laughs> you can roll insight if you'd like. Okay, I rolled a 15. Granted, this is a disciple, so they work differently than a siren, but... You know that you have to put like a little bit of effort into infusing pigeon. 
But also while you're thinking about it, she also has this gem also. I said also so many times in that sentence. Also. Also. (laughs) Also. From your knowledge, you know that in order to infuse Pigeon, you have to use some amount of effort. It's not necessarily a lot. I mean, you like lift your fist up and you close it and he lights on fire. Like that's all you have to do. It's like you just focus on your fist, pull and it happens. It might take a lot of effort to do that, but there's also this gem that you know that you saw that she touched and it might be powering her up and making her even stronger. Okay. Could be wasted effort, could not be, who knows. I relay that information. I see. Hmm. Well, I re- right, we either go through the door and we confront her, or, Mercurius, if you do some more wafting and make another hole in the wall, and then we can all just chuck a load of grenades through the hole, and then when it heals up, she'll be trapped inside the tavern with a load of grenades. With grenades? Oh my god. <laughs> Your brain is a good one. I'll continue wafting. I can waft some more. I could waft all day. It's <laughs> a wafting episode. Okay, as soon as, as soon as the waft hole appears, I'm going to chuck a grenade through it. Waft it. Um, I rolled accuracy before, and I got a 20. Hey, so it's going to do double damage. Double damage. One, to, uh, one waft, and then the three little pig shit, just like... <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's a big one. No, damage mod is one, so I guess that would have been two damage, double, double times three is six. A hole slightly bigger than a grenade forms. I'm going for it. If you're going to go for it, there's a chance that you could miss and bounce it back to you. Team vote. Are we all okay for this? Yes. Yes. Hell yeah. Good. Cool. Right. I'm doing it. Roll an accuracy roll to see if you can hit it in there. Twelve. Okay. Roll a damage roll. Five. It bounces off. Let's do a, a random direction. Mercurius would be standing right in front of the door. You would be standing pretty close to the door. Where would the other two of you be standing? I'd probably be just like a few steps behind. I'm probably just standing where everybody else is, I'd say. Princess Consuela is also there, so cool. You know what? D4 it. Give me a D4. Um, I've written down. I'll write down which way is going to go where. Four. Okay, that was the best option. Hooray! You throw the grenade because, you know, it's melting and it, it has kind of like a curve. So you hit the top edge of it and it bounces almost straight down and blows up. So it's going to deal three damage to both you and Mercurius, because you are fairly close to the door. Oof. These things do happen. Hey, you gave me a health potion earlier, so we're square. Well, I'm all out of ideas. Yeah, that didn't work very well. Is there a doorbell? (laughs) I mean, there is a door. Have we tried just opening the door? Could I send Pigeon through the hole on fire? Yeah, I guess I should go back. So you threw the grenade, it blew up. A few moments later, it seals again. Well, Pigeon could probably burrow through, or I could waft again. You want me to waft again? Yeah, yeah. Let's try it. Okay. I'm, I'm, just, I'm feeling very useful with my fire fan right now. I'm going to keep wafting. Ooh, not great accuracy this time. It's going to be seven. It's a giant fucking building. How can you miss? <laughs> oh, man. I can't hit the broadside of a barn with this thing. I'm all shaken up from the grenade uh, and rolled a three, so four. Yeah, four damage. So eight damage. That's big enough that a person could dive through it. Yeah, I can send Pigeon unless somebody wants to jump through the hole. That does seem a little reckless. Uh, are you guys, I mean, you, we're, all, we're all going in there eventually. 
I'm also not the tankiest, so I'm not going to dive through the hole. (laughs) The hole's starting to close. You have five seconds to decide something before it closes. Give me, give me the the stinkiest stink eye. Five, four, three. Okay, I'm sending Pigeon. I'm infusing him with fire. You infuse him with fire and he just darts in. You don't have to roll an accuracy or anything. He's a living thing that can aim himself through a hole. He has a lot of experience flying. Pigeon goes inside as the the wall heals. Well, can I roll damage? Or no? Uh, he's on the inside. Okay, well, now I have to go inside to get Pigeon. Princess Consuela walks up to the door and grabs the door handle, tries to twist it. Oh, this isn't even a real door. What is it then? I don't know. It's just decoration. It, like, this is all solid. I don't see any cracks in the door or anything. Well, so it's just like painted on. Oh, like sculpted on? I could use my fire powers and open this up, I bet. You've had fire powers this whole time. You know that. And you've been letting us stand here and waft. <laughs> oh. Do you want me to try and do that? Yeah. yeah. Would you please? Would you okay. be so kind? She's going to roll to see how well she can do it. I mean, I I used a bit of energy trying to heat you all out of your little ice comas or whatever you were in. Oh, yeah. But we'll see. Uh, well, I rolled a three, and so I am way too drained to do that. Okay, but Pigeon's in there. So. Pigeon is in there, on fire. If I was to fire Claudette at the ice wall, I'll try that. Stand back, everybody. Phelion, real quick while he's rolling, what do you think Pigeon would be doing inside? Probably just flying around panicking because he's trapped. Totally fair. <laughs> I have an accuracy of 22. It wasn't a nat 20, was it? It was a nat 20. It was, it was a nat 20? Yeah. Oh, well, that matters because that gives you double damage. Oh, win. Okay, right, so nat 20, and then I've got two d12s then coming up. Princess Consuela gets way back. Good. I have a 9 and a 10, so that's 19 times 2, 38. Another 19 on top of that, because the explosives are definitely strong against ice, which is kind of like a, a destructible material. 57 points of damage to the thing. I'm assuming that everybody got back. You put a huge... Five by five square-sized hole in this thing. You guys can see right inside. Pigeon is flying around straight in front. You see the very familiar tavern that you were in. Uh, It looks almost exactly like it, but everything inside is made out of ice. Okay, I'm going to run in before it gets healed again. Right behind you, buddy. I come too. Yeah, I'll go in also. Princess Consuela is coming in last. So now that you're inside, you see... The ice patrons, they all look kind of familiar, but now that you're not in there, now that you're out of there, you recognize several of them. You see an ice grim, who was the gunzerker that you went on adventures with. You see a one-legged ice Jebediah, and that was the one that Phil strapped to his back before he died. You see an ice Hurley, which... Actually, uh, Phaleon had a little flirty interaction with when she went to get the door and the materials for Nostra Dumas. You see other people, too, like... Is Todd still there? No, Todd died. Oh, shit. (laughs) Rest in peace, Todd. (laughs) Everybody sees the husband and wife that were on the train that had wood. You know what I'm talking about. The wood plank. Phaleon, you recognize the librarian. 
Tarquin, you recognize the gift shop worker. Mercurius, you recognize Bunky Babs. Oh, shit. Good boy, you recognize that table that you sat at. (laughs) You all see to the table to the left of you, there is three people standing there. A hunter, the person you recognize is Sheriff O'Malley, and then a woman in a dress. They look like they're talking and then they stop talking and they walk over to the door and then you see them just shatter and then almost instantaneously their bodies reform at the table. As you're looking about, you hear, what did the five say to the nine? Uh, stay away from seven. Oh, so you've heard this one. I don't, I don't know, man. Uh, wait a second. Is this going to be one of those jokes about, oh, I'm a five and you're a nine? You got it. Hey, I'm good at these. You look over to the bar and behind the bar is a strong middle-aged half-orc, frosty white hair, various shades of blue on her elegant dress, an icy, beautiful pauldron on her right shoulder, and she's drinking from a tankard made of ice. She raises her cup towards you. Welcome back to the Frosty Flagon. Pour you a drink? She puts her open hand, palm down, onto the counter, and four mugs form out of ice from the bar counter. That is a cool trick. I bet you're fun at parties. I'm a blast. Come on over. I'm hesitant. But how about y'all? Yeah, I'm not going over there. This is our enemy. I know I was trying to pick you up for two episodes, but um, we're going to have to kill you now, I think. Well, before we get there... I'm happy to have a conversation with you. She pulls out a flask and she starts pouring the flask, uh, a clear liquid into each of the four mugs. And then she pours some more into her mug and she takes a drink from it. I'm not going to hurt you yet. Yeah. Ah, but you already have. I mean, yeah, right. Killed Tarquin over here. Hi. Look, he's made a sterner stuff than the rest of us. Friends in high places and all that. Yeah. How did you come back anyway? Uh, I'm just fucking amazing, me. All right, I guess I'll buy that. If you aren't going to drink these potions, that's fine. More for me. All right, Mary Poppins, what's your game? I'm going to, so you've heard the accent. That accent is just going to carry on through, but I'm going to stop doing it because it's tiring. And I found out this week that ADHD people have a hard time going in and out of accents and remembering voices. So, hey. Oh my, so uh, I'm a son of a bitch for all those times I gave you crap. (laughs) (laughs) You are making fun of my disorder. My, I'm so sorry. <laughs> my oh, neurodivergency, no. you bastard. What an asshole. Uh, yeah, but I oh. was super hard on myself, too. And obviously, I didn't know that. Like, <laughs> supposedly, I don't know if that's 100% true, but I heard, I looked it up. Like, I heard somebody say it, and then I looked it up, and I kind of found some other things. But there's, like, not a whole lot of research on it. It's just, I guess maybe it's just not common. Or maybe I just suck. That's all. And I'm trying to rationalize it. Uh, so anyways. <laughs> I can't imagine how that would come up in research. Right? Exactly. And I heard it from an interview on another show uh, with a role player, like a, you know, a TTRPG podcaster that was talking about being neurodivergent and like ADHD and use, they use like, instead of trying to remember and do accents, they just use filters on their oh. editing well. and stuff or their streaming equipment. Somebody needs to get on that and study that. I know, right? If there's any mental health researchers that, you know, ever listen to this. Study ADHD and accents. <laughs> uh, well, she goes, so you asked, what is this all about, right? And she 
puts her hands out and she goes, this place, this was my love. This was my life. It wasn't always a vault hunter hangout. But when I saw how the regulars would light up as the vault hunters told tales of their adventures, I realized how much it could raise morale in the town. I started to offer incentives for vault hunters to come because why not? We pay bards to entertain people with stories of vault hunters. So free drinks if they helped local folks. It, it was a win-win. Bakers, carpenters, janitors, and all manner of people throughout the whole town could come and hang out, rub shoulders with vault hunters. I didn't think about the blowback that might happen, and neither did they, as it became more and more well-known that the Frosty Flagon was the place to be if you wanted to hire a vault hunter or hear their stories. What could possibly go wrong? And right by you guys, how far in did you walk into the the Frosty Flagon? In the middle. (laughs) Yeah, where's she seated? So she's to the far left behind the bar. So like to your left, there's a large-ish rectangle table. To your right, there's one. In the center, there's kind of these circular tables. And then there's some or more rectangle tables around like the outline of the room. Actually, if you guys want to pull up roll 20, we can I can pull you into there. There is a map. She says, though, what could go wrong? And then you hear an ice explosion right behind you. Some chunks of ice kind of hit you, but not hard or anything. They're just like pelting you gently. And you turn around and you look out of the front door forms two icy figures in overalls. And they're just running through the door, holding the gun. Uh, but they're not like running through, they're, they're forming out of the door. And so they come up and they run up to both sides of the room. One's in front of that Skulldugger vending machine and the other is in front of the Alas. Two warring vending machines trying to steal from each other, never realizing they were both property of Bullet Brothers. Their efforts against one another were cutting into the profits of their owners. They didn't go quietly. And you see the men shooting at the vending machines and then the vending machines shooting back out of their dispenser hole. They all blow up and it damages the frosty flagon and those little damages don't heal. And then you see kind of near the center of the room, this beautiful sculpture pops up. It's made out of a fancy van door, a hubcap, and a piano frame, the brass frame, right? But it's all made out of ice, and Nostradumas is standing in front of it, the figure that you've seen before. Vault hunters took shortcuts on some of their jobs. They had subpar results, and then the ice sculptor falls onto Nostradumas and both shatter. Okay, look, woman. Are you having a stroke? None of this is real. This may not seem real to you, but this all happened. Yeah, but you're acting, you're talking like this This tavern has been here forever. You literally just froze the lake and made it, and all the people in Everfalls are like frozen solid. The Frosty Flagon was my baby. It got destroyed by vault hunters and what they brought with them. That's why I'm setting out to change this world. I need to make it different. You all ruin it. And she looks at Mercurius. You're a giant flirt, hey. relatively harmless, but the rest of you, and she looks at good boy, you went to go retrieve a procreation tool for JP. It went peacefully, and then you killed the humanoid skags anyways. Senseless killing. And then she looks at Phaleon. You consistently 
greedily kept asking for more. The deal was free drinks. You do jobs, you get free drinks. Did you ever just take your free drink? Did you ever just stick to the job? No, you kept asking for more. What are you going to give me? I just like point to myself and like look behind me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you. (laughs) And then she looks at Tarquin. You are just a monster to everybody. You don't love anyone but yourself, do you? You were rude to the patrons, the people that were hiring you. You were rude to your fellow vault hunters. You sent one of them away because what? She was kind of annoying? Listen, bitch. You don't get to tell me who I love and who I don't love. You're acting like we've spoiled your fucking little tavern. You're the one that set it up as a hub for vault hunters to do all these horrible things. So you're no more innocent than the rest of us, darling. And I shall take some fucking damage for that. And it's a six and you're a fucking slag. Worth it. That was a good monologue. I acknowledge my arrogance and my ignorance in thinking that it could have ended any other way. But all I can do now is try and end this world and start again. We'll need strong people in this new world, and hopefully they'll be better than you. But since you're kind of what we've got, I don't I don't really know. Okay, can we just kill her now? I mean, that's what this has to end as. So let's go. Roll for oh. initiative. Why do I always fall for the antagonist? I rolled a two. I rolled a four. I thought I was going to do pretty bad, but I rolled uh, 7 plus 1, so 8. I have got a 17. I do have a health potion that I think I'm going to take now before we start. As everybody's rolling for initiative, you chug that real quick. Okay, I'm back to full health. Okay, uh, so Mercurius, you are up first. What do we do? What do we do? What do we start out with? Let's just um, you go with the tried and true rare combat rifle. I feel like that's an opening. Accuracy of four and six damage. You shoot her with your combat rifle and actually roll an insight. That's a 19 without my mod or anything. So you can tell that there's like a very clear, it's it's almost impossible to see, but you manage to see it. A glimmer of ice all over her body protecting her. Lucky me, I got just the thing for that. Is there anything else you want to do? You can move, you can throw a grenade, whatever you want to do. I'm in a decent spot. I think I'm going to stay rooted, and I will go ahead and toss one of my Malefactor Shock 1d4 Splash Grenades. Is she far enough that I need to roll accuracy? She is seven squares away from you, Mercurius, eight squares away from Tarquin, nine away from Good Boy, and I think the same amount of squares for Phaleon. So uh, my damage stat is uh, determines how far I can throw without an accuracy roll, yeah? Yes. That's three. Um, which which one is her? Oh, that's her behind the bar, yeah? Yes. Okay, I will approach to within five squares and chuck that grenade. And I rolled a one. Tickle fight, huh? It's like a static shock, like when you touch somebody when you've been walking in wool socks. Can't stop flirting with me, can you? Yeah, I got, a, I got a problem. Good boy, you're up next. I think I'm just going to... Pull out my buzz axe. Go right into the rampage. Yep. So I think I get three turns now, actually. It says two turns, but I'm pretty sure that I... So you'll be activated for three turns, and you do 3d8. You can throw once and melee once. And you do gain extra movement, so you can move twice while you're in your rampage. That's true. 
So I'm going to throw it first. Right. I throw my buzz axe for 11 damage. And then, can I move over there? Can I move all the way nine squares? Can I actually do that? What's your movement? Three. So, no. Yeah, so you'll get to six. Unless you want to give me a mayhem point, in which case you can do another extra movement. Because then you can move nine total. I'll just move six squares. You've thrown it. You dealt that damage. You ran up and you are one square away from the bar. So it's now the disciple's turn. You're looking at this Iron Queen's disciple. She holds up her hand and she's holding a broken sword in her hand. Like it's it's got the hilt and then just barely a little jagged edge of metal on there. I'm Elena, by the way. I, I think one or two of you might have known my name. Definitely this guy. And you talked about tag teaming me. I don't know if four of you are going to do it either. So we'll see. We'll see how many vault hunters it takes to get me. I'm doing the best I can. Hey, it's okay, champ. A lot of people don't rise in the moment. <laughs> And as she's holding her sword hilt, you can see on the back of her hand, she's got a circular tattoo and it looks like like frost on a window. So it's this icy bluish whitish color that is just a frosted circle on the back of her hand. And then out of the hilt forms an ice blade and it looks like a rapier. <laughs> she's just going to hop right over the counter. I'm going to roll a traverse check for her. Yeah, she does that easily. And you notice behind her, there is a trail of ice. Skid marks. <laughs> and then she's standing in front of Good Boy, and she's going to attack. She stabs at Good Boy with her rapier once and does six points of damage. And then she's going to attack again with the rapier. Am I allowed to uh, repost? <laughs> you are not. I know. And this time she's going to do seven points of damage. Well, I mean, my shield is only ten. But that means that I, yeah, dropped a grenade. Nova. Dropped yeah, a Nova. both. You do a Nova and a grenade. And a grenade? Oh. Yeah, because the Nova triggers from your shield breaking, and then your shield pops as well from your skill. So five damage to the grenade. So your shield pops, a grenade drops, and does five damage. Five damage. And then for the Nova, that's just two. Two damage. And then your shield Nova pops and does two damage. She seems relatively unfazed. And then you see at one of the tables a figure form, and it looks like a shifty figure wearing a trench coat and a hat. And this looks like... One of the earliest missions, good boy, actually, you did this mission. You helped this shifty looking figure by going to a cavern to check out a chest. And it turned out to be a mimic, if you recall. The figure has formed at the table. The trench coat and hat drop off. Wouldn't you believe it? It was three mimics stacked on top of each other. So were those those mimics were mimicking the mimics were mimicking a man, the man mimic, the man, the man dick. I mean, they were just three mimics in a trench coat, kind of mimicking yeah. a man. Yeah, without even using their ability. Dude, the best mimics I've ever seen. They're icy mimics, but they get to go now, too. The three little mini mimics scatter. One jumps on top of the table. It can't reach anybody. One reaches good boy. Oh, my gosh. And deals eight damage. 
And then another one reaches Mercurius and deals one damage. They chomp into your flesh. I hate mimics. I hate them. And then it is Princess Consuela's turn. And Princess Consuela is just going to move behind this table to the left, kind of crouching. Question. The people, the like vault hunters inside the tavern, Mm -hmm. are they... Are they just watching all of this happen? Like, what are they doing? They're just going about like this isn't happening at all. So they're just going and still doing these quests. And so while they're in there, their real bodies are like outside frozen solid, right? I mean, it's not like they're in ice, but they're just physically frozen, right? Like uh, they're not moving. That's all I need to know. Thanks, God. (laughs) (laughs) So Princess Consuela, she was doing a sneak check. She rolled a 16, which was high enough. She hasn't been seen. Like, she was standing behind you, and she's shorter than the rest of you, so she kind of crouched and snuck around behind this other table. And that's her turn. So now it is Phaleon's turn. I have a couple questions. Is Pigeon still infused with fire, or has it been too long? I think it's been too long. There was a whole conversation that definitely lasted longer than two rounds of combat, so he's not on fire anymore. Okay. Also, do I just have the gem in my pocket? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to infuse Pigeon with fire again, and I'm going to send him to just bug her. Just like if she has a necklace, like pick out her necklace, like just fly around her, just like bug her. Not attacking though? Yeah, it's attacking as well. Just like okay. super annoying. Perfect. Roll me the attack then. Okay, so I rolled damage of 12. Okay, so that's going to do 24 points of damage since it's fire. And then roll me a... Uh, Just a d20 for Pigeon's kind of like attempt at annoying her or distracting her. 13. She's kind of using her sword to like swat around at Pigeon, but not hitting. And then I can take a turn still? Yep. Right, she's right in front of Good Boy still? Yep, she is six squares away from you. Yeah, I'm going to use my sniper, my crappy sniper that has shock. And I'm going to roll my accuracy... Okay, I rolled an accuracy of 18 and dealt 10 points of damage. So you shoot her, you deal 10 damage, a little bit of ice falls off of her. Is there anything else you want to do? No, I'm fine being far away. Uh, Tarquin, you're up. First of all, I'm going to move just to vaguely behind this table. Then I'm going to get out Abs and I'm going to go sniping at the Mimic closest to Mercurius. It is more than three squares away, so I get my accuracy bonus. I have an accuracy of 23, uh, so that is going to pop me on the highest level, and I am dealing well, 10 damage. You shoot it, and a lot of chunks of ice come out of it, and it looks real weak now. Anything else you want to do? No, I'm all out of uh, grenades and stuff, so I'm just going to hunker down behind the table. Well, you know, sort of sort of using the table as cover. I know I'm only around the corner of it, so I'm not hiding very well. But <laughs> I mean, that's partial cover, so if anyone were to shoot at you, it would be minus three accuracy against you. If Elena looks across, she can just see like a, a hint of wench sticking out above the table. <laughs> She's like, I recognize that wench. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that is, that is me done. So it's back around to Mercurius. It's back around to me. I got a mimic. Those are cute mimics. They're little mini mimics. Yeah, they look almost like puppy versions of mimics. Yeah. They're kind of adorable if they weren't so sharply teethed. Yeah, I got to get the mimics off. So I will continue damaging the one that Tarquin was firing at. 
using corrosive combat rifle again. It's my favorite. I should give it a name. 12 accuracy. It's going to be 4d6. It is literally impossible for you not to kill it with 4d6. Oh, okay. You could roll four ones and it's fine. Do you want to describe how you kill it? Yeah, I mean, he's just like a little little treasure chesty dude, right? So it's pretty much point blank. He just bit me. So I'm one-handed kind of firing down at this thing, just riddling it with bullets and it's melting. Each hole starts to spread out from the middle and just disintegrates this poor thing until he's a puddle of green ooze. Mercurius, is there anything else you want to do on your turn? You just killed this thing. It's it's melted and shattered. One slain mimic, poor little cutie. I wonder if I were to, I know it's just shock damage, but if I can throw a grenade right in between the remaining two mimics, would that just deal the splash damage to both of them? Yes. But I wouldn't, uh, I probably wouldn't hit good boy with it. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to give them both a D4 of damage. Two and one. I don't know which one's going to which. You throw this shock grenade, it explodes, and it hits the one on the table for two damage, and the one on the floor that's right by Good Boy for one damage. Good Boy is far enough away that it does not hit him, so, whew, all right. Hey. And with that, do you want to move or anything, or are you good? I will stay put. This is good mid-range for me. I am trying to support Good Boy as he goes in for the close combat. Go ahead, then, Good Boy, it is your turn. Donde esta la siren? Elena, the disciple, is directly in front of you, and then you've got a mini mimic that's taken one point of damage behind you, and then three squares behind you is the other mimic standing on the table. Both of their tongues just sticking out, panting. You don't hear the panting, but you just see the action of, like, panting. I am going to melee the siren for 14 damage. And then... I'm going to run away, and then I'm going to throw my axe again at the siren. So I throw my axe at the siren again for uh, 11 damage. Chunks of ice fly out of her chest where it hits, and then you start reeling the buzz axe back with your little fishing line, your little string attached to it. The mimics are going to move first, and the mimic that was attacking Good Boy is going to follow Good Boy over there and attack again. Oh my gosh. So Good Boy, you take eight damage as the icy mimic chomps into your leg. The other mimic hops off the table, goes up to Mercurius, chomps at him, and does four points of damage. Yeah, yeah. Come and get me, you chompy bastard. Elena is going to... She starts sliding Iceman style, right? Of ice trailing behind her. She goes right up to Phaleon. She moves seven squares. She's she's pretty damn quick. And she is going to attack Phaleon. Oh. Oh no. She rolled a nat 20. So 16 points of damage. Oh, that was fun. And that was only her first attack. She stabs at you again. She does four more points of damage. It is Princess Consuela's turn, but she is surprised. She's taken aback. She's a child. She just saw this disciple ice her way all the way to Phaleon, move so quick and stab Phaleon twice. So she's just going to continue to hide behind this table, kind of frozen in fear for a turn. So Phaleon, it is your turn now. Well, first I'm going to attack the Siren Disciple. So I'm going to have Pigeon attack the Siren Disciple first. And he attacks for nine points of damage. 
he starts pecking at her, flying by her, flapping his fire wings. And you see ice kind of melting off, chunks flying off as he goes crazy on her. Cool. Is an SMG good for, like, closer? Yeah. It has shock and splash half damage to adjacent enemies. Okay, I rolled an accuracy of six and dealt eight damage. You fire that SMG and more chunks of ice fly out. Okay, and I'm going to move closer to where Tarquin is. I can move four. So you retreat back towards the back table and you're standing next to Tarquin. Perfect. So let's go to Tarquin. I'm going to stay where I am. I am going to put Babs away. I'm going to get Claudette out and I'm just going to shoot the Siren Disciple with Claudette, if I may. So I got an accuracy of seven and I dealt five points of damage. And then I'm going to do my second attack. I got an accuracy of six, but this time I deal 10 points of damage. You hit her and explosion, and then hit her again, another explosion. You see a bit of ice come off her. And then just because she's getting a little too close for comfort, sorry, Phaleon, but I'm going to keep like edging around the table, just trying to keep something between me and her. Okay, then we are back around to Mercurius. What do I want to do here? Good boy is dealing with the mimic up there. He can probably handle that. Ooh, ooh, ooh. What's up? You know know she's left the ice trail behind her? Yeah. Could something be slid along the ice trail to hit her in the back? Push the mimic onto the ice slide, and then it'll like, twat into her. (laughs) Just hit her with a mimic? (laughs) Oh my god. Well, I like it. I do like that. Like, if I could could get it spun the right way, if I could put the right amount of English on it so that the teeth get her... This is the kind. If this was like a Warner Brothers cartoon, where's the grand piano that would just sort of <laughs> yeah, and a, an anchor for some reason fall out of a second-story yeah. window? Yeah, I'll throw a mimic on her ice trail. That sounds cool. All right, badass move it. That's what we're doing. Does anyone want to participate? Is this mimic like a treasure chest? Would it have like handles on the side? You know, sometimes they have like handles on the side for easy gripping. Yeah, little like metal handles, kind of dinky, but they work. I will chip in. So the table that I'm behind, I want to push that table towards her to sort of like pin her so she can't just move away. You just shove the table into her, yes. Yes, so she can't move when the mimic hits her. I feel like I want to send Pigeon just to like pull her hair. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to kick the other mimic at her. Kick it, like, are you going to kick it like onto the ice trail too or just punt it at her? I think I'm just going to punt it at her. Okay, great, yeah. So everybody go ahead and roll their badass die. 16. I also got a 16. Three, which counts as a one. It's literally impossible for you to fail this at this point. Six. So you rolled a total of 39. So you did succeed. Yay. So Tarquin, you're going to kick this off by pushing at the table. And at first it doesn't budge because you notice that like the legs are, are frozen in place. And then you push harder and harder and it does give and it just starts to slide pretty quickly and it hits into her and she kind of slashes at it, but not before she takes some damage as it collides into her. So go ahead and roll me that. Uh, Let's just do a D6 plus two. That is a six. And then those ice chunks shatter out and that table is gonzo. Sorry, table, thanks for your sacrifice. Pigeon comes, starts picking at her hair and bothering her. It's it's just more of a distraction. So it's not going to deal any damage. Okay, but it hurts when your hair is pulled. 
Yeah. Well, and had you not done this, who knows? They might have failed, right? Because you did roll a six, which okay, put it over. Okay. I'll accept. Mercurius, you go and you grab the handles, both handles, and it's chomping at you. You start spinning around and then put it down right perfectly, sliding it bobsled style on this ice trail. It slides down this trail right into the backside of Elena. It's biting. You were trying to get it to chomp, so teeth are in there. It's going to chomp at her. Let's do a D10 of damage. With D10. Should have done the broom in front of it on the ice like it's curling. Oh, oh yeah. God damn that. Perfect. <laughs> okay, so that'll be 10 total. Wonderful damage. Thank you, Mimic, for your service. And then roll a D6 with no bonuses just for damage to the Mimic of it sliding and hitting into her. Well, that Mimic's taking another six damage. As it chomps into her icy armor, some teeth shatter. And then, good boy, you punt that thing. You're strong, so go ahead and do a D12. That's a nine plus three, so 12. You go to punt this mimic, and your foot just goes right through it. It shatters, puff of ice, and it starts to like do a little bit of snowfall around you. Oh, my God, you kicked it apart. Aww. Welcome to Somewhere in the Middle of the Episode, where we do ads. If you want to support us directly, we just started a coffee or Ko-Fi, and you can donate money, buy us badass tokens, if you will, so that we can do certain things like buy new music, buy artwork, buy new equipment or software. Everything you donate will go back into the show. So you can go to coffee.com slash FFAdventureCo. There's a link in the episode description if you want to support us directly. If you want to try Bunkers and Badasses for yourself, you totally should, and you should let us know how your adventures go. But first, you need the source book. So go to nerdvanagames.com and buy yourself a source book. If you enjoy listening to us, then go check out Bad Assets. Ian Moss, who has played Drake Wilson in our podcast, he is the BM over there, and he BMs for a great group of folks. They have great chemistry, and right now they are playing through the Assault on Dragon Keep, which is in the source book. It's really fun. Such a good group. You can watch it on YouTube, and they have the actual battle maps and whatnot, or you can listen wherever you podcast. Bad Assets. We're going to give it another go. It's a bit more, a bit more zing. Oh, a bit of zing. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ready? Hello. Hello. With a, hello. No, no. no. Hello. No, hello. No, wait, wait till I get through the whole thing. Ready? Wait till, hello with a billowing hilltop. Hello. Hello. Oh, dear. <laughs> waiting to get through the whole thing. No, no, I mean. I thought I that was the whole thing. The whole thing is hello with a billowing hilltop. <laughs> okay. That's the whole thing. Yeah? Okay. Okay. That was right. <laughs> Uh, that pretty much sums up the show. But if you want to find out any more, you can visit us at www.blowinghilltop.com. Is it com? Does anybody know? <laughs> .org. Is it? It's .com. What do we do? What do we, what do we play? There's monsters. Um, does anybody remember? Walking around. I don't know. And, yeah. And we will be delighted if you to join us around our table as we play Dungeon. Is it 5th edition? Hello? Yeah, we think so. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We what play Dungeons and Dragons. Sorry, that was me. I what was that noise in the background? <laughs> there will be noises in the background as we play Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition through the classic Paizo adventure path, The Age of Worms. You can expect this. No! Oh! Quite a bit of this. Um, I'm. Com- 
completely lost. This. This. I've got a bugbear in my underpants. And one of these. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> we're on Apple Podcasts and we're on Spotify and we're on TuneIn and you can find us on Twitter and you can find us on Facebook. Uh, and we uh, hope you join us. Thanks very much. Is your badass move? Dun 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 dun! Yay, we did it! So, Mercurius, you get four badass tokens. Good boy and Tarquin, you get two. Phaleon, depending on what you want to do, I've let you do this kind of before. Pigeon was the one participating in the badass move, so if you want to just take one badass token, I'll still let you take your turn, but you won't be able to use Pigeon that turn. Okay, I'll take one and then take my turn. And then it is your turn because you are after Mercurius. Out of curiosity, how many badass tokens does Pigeon have? <laughs> <laughs> he gives them all to Phaleon to hold. Oh, of course, of course, because he doesn't have pockets. <laughs> exactly. Okay, I'm going to use my crappy sniper. So I rolled an accuracy of 17, and I dealt 12 points of damage. A little shock comes out. Doesn't really do anything, but more ice chunks fall out of her. If this is the best that Vault Hunters have to offer, I'm not too worried. Hey, we never said we were the best. We're like top 20. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It is her turn now. Oh, wait, are you going to move or anything? Yeah, I'll just move back four. Oh, just three, because there's a wall. Okay, yeah. So you move back towards the corner. So position-wise, this is all laid out, right? Like, the northern wall has a fireplace... You guys came in from the southern wall. The eastern wall is where you are now, backed into that southeastern corner. Tarquin's kind of by a, a door where Phaleon had gone through to go see the business child. And then on the western wall is the bar, and that's where the counter is. And there's still those drinks sitting there, the mugs. Where's that thing next to the door? Is it like a coat stand? That's where the Ratch was. That's where you talked to the Ratch that was in a coat and a mask or whatever it was. Little details, huh? Fun little details. It was a coat Ratch. So that Mimic is still alive, and it is going to turn around and bite at Mercurius, who just threw him. Hey. Little mini Mimic bites at you, and it's missing a couple of teeth, and it only does two points of damage. Oh, it's adorable. Well, toothless. Then Elena's going to slide her ass on over to Tarquin. And then she is going to attack Tarquin twice. Oh my gosh, a nat 20 again. Tarquin. Tarquin, no. Oh my gosh, and she rolled an 8 plus 1, 9, so 18 points of damage. Oh my god. It's all right, I've got one shield point left after that. Well, here you go again. And then her second attack is going to do 9 points of damage as she stabs that into you and actually gets some flesh. Okay, cool, thanks. Thanks, babes. You're welcome, she winks. At least one of us is bleeding. Princess Consuela is going to, let's roll kind of for her courage here. Oh, she got low again. This is all a lot for her. She's pretty worried, so she's still just kind of frozen in place. What is the point of her? It's okay, keep your head down, stay safe. You're just a baby. Oh, I did. I messed up. Elena would have gone before Phaleon. It doesn't matter. I screwed that up, but we'll just keep it like that and then switch it back now. 
Phaleon already went. Tarquin participated in the badass move, so they get skipped. Good Boy got skipped because of that. So we're back to Mercurius. So she is no longer within six squares. I'm going to mimic on me. Uh, but I have shields and HP to spare, so I want to draw her fire. I want to. I guess I could. I could try and taunt her. Roll a talk check at her. Yeah, you could. How do I taunt this lady? Call her something derogatory. No, I, well, I can't do that. Then when I die, I'm going to end up like you. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I can't say, any, can't say anything sexist. Hey, baby. Come here, you frosty bitch. <laughs> I really got nothing. I'm, I'm all frozen up. Ah, oh, yeah, there you go. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm trying, but I, I just, I, I, I'm freezing up. Don't you slide those frosty cheeks over this way. Okay, that's what you're going with? Let's do a talk check. Sure, I'll, something in there's got to work. <laughs> uh, we are looking at 17. You know what? I'll have her roll. Yeah, roll against it. These are the luckiest dice. I rolled a nap twenty. God damn it. She just waves her other hand that's not holding the sword out and says, I'll deal with you in a minute. God damn it. I feel, what would you say, snubbed? And I'm just going to shoot her with the corrosive rifle because that's what you do when you get when you get blown off with a broken heart and, or a, a heavy heavy heart and a, bro, um, a broken hand. He's bummed out. <laughs> uh, rolled an accuracy of 18 and dealt 26 points of damage. A lot of ice chunks come out as you shoot her in the back. Yeah, no on, no honor here. I'll shoot you in the back. You've moved. You did a talk check and shot. So do you want to do anything else? I have grenade. There's still a mimic here. It's kind of weak. I still have three grenades left. Ah, fuck it. Let's throw a D8 grenade directly at the mimic standing next to me. Or three damage. It looks a lot weaker. Like it's barely standing. Holding it together. Yay. And it is good boy's turn. You participated in that last badass move, which would have been your third turn in it. But since it was a badass move and you like kind of kicked something, I'll give you this one. So I'll extend it one more turn. So you're still in rampage. Where am I compared to the siren? She is eight squares away from you in the southeastern corner. You're closer to the northwestern part of the building. I guess I'm just going to throw my buzz axe at her. So, 12, 12 damage. Ice, again, comes out. Is there anybody close to me, like, within range that I can run up to and hit? You have six movement. Yeah, yeah, you could. If you do a traverse check, you can move over that table and reach the mimic. Okay, I'm going to try and do that. Ooh, that's a nat 20. Nice. Oh, okay, yeah. You scale that table super easily, like you're sliding over the front hood of a car chasing a perp. So, 13 damage. Do you want to describe the kill? So I slide across the table, and I think I sort of, like, underhandedly hit the mimic. Kind of uppercut-style shatter the mimic, right? Yeah. Brutal. That means that I get to... Heal. Do. Oh, cool. One. <laughs> and four. You heal five total? Yeah. Nice. That's not bad. All right, and then I think that ends your turn, right? I believe it does. Elena is going to stab at Tarquin and deal eight points of damage with her rapier. And then she is going to ice her way over to Phaleon. 
So she moves two squares south and she is adjacent to Phalion where she can attack her and she deals five damage to Phalion. Damn it, why won't you look at me? Stop hurting my friends! I got full health over here. The icy figure that looks like Jebediah walk on up to a table where the gift shop worker and the librarian are, and you see him giving some sort of speech. He actually, he kind of like hobbles over, right? He's got one leg. He goes over there, gives this rousing speech. You see his mouth moving. You don't hear any words, but you see the other two getting worked up. And then they stand and they look to you all. The librarian turns around and she runs over to Tarquin and she is going to attack. What the hell? She does two points of damage as she punches you. But with books. <laughs> she just has fists. She just has regular old fists. How many? Two? Two. Yep. Two fists. Right. Two fists. Yeah. And then the gift shop worker is going to move one, two, three, just around the table a little bit. Didn't get to move very much. And then Jebediah goes one, two, three. He's just going to move three. He's by this round table. He's ducked behind very skillfully, might I add, with one leg crouched behind this table. And on the other side of it is Good Boy and Mercurius. And he's going to shoot at Good Boy. An ice pistol forms in his hand. Five points of damage. Oh, man. That's exactly how much I just got back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Princess Consuela sees these other people activating, and she is going to try and sneak behind. She's going to go kind of by the door and the coat rack there and be sort of crouched down there, hoping that she doesn't get seen. Uh, but she's trying to move a little bit closer to Elena. And then it is Phaleon's turn. I have a thought, and I want insight. Do I need to touch her while touching the red gem so that she can die? Hmm. 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 Can I see if she is made of ice or if it's just her shield? Okay, that's what you're checking. Insight. Go ahead. Nat 20. Let's go. So you can tell that her shield is nearly depleted. It's ice thin. Nice. Well, I have Iridium nail polish that I would like to put on. Gosh, yeah, you just pop that on. Nice. And I would like to bitch slap her since oh, I'm so close to her. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is getting <laughs> so tatty. I love it. What do I roll? So you've put on this nail polish. Go ahead and roll an accuracy. Okay. Plus five to it. Okay. 15 total. You're going to be able, uh, you're just going to be dealing normal damage, but you're still going to deal double damage and you get to roll 2d6. Total damage would be 16. Real quickly here, put on your nail polish. Uh, uh, are you doing it on just like one hand, the one that you're going to bitch slap yeah, her? Yeah, like I want to be quick about it. So I'm just doing one hand. Okay. Are you like backhanding? Is that what a bitch slap is? Yeah. Riley talking like he's never been bitch slapped. <laughs> <laughs> As you do that, you feel, you feel your siren abilities flare up. Both shock and electricity come out, and that's going to add another two points of damage there. And then it's also fire, so it's going to double that. So 36 points of damage as you back slap her, and the ice shatters, and you see some blood go and singe marks as you hit into her. That's right. Would just like to record to state that Phaleon just slapped somebody harder than a critical roll from a combat rifle. That's fucking awesome. Just brutal. 
Who's bleeding now, bitch? Yeah, get her! <laughs> <laughs> and then how much damage do you take? Ah, oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two. So I'm down to two health. Oh my gosh! Oh, Darkman. Darkman, please. It was worth it. It's worth Couldn't it. Couldn't help himself. Oh, so good. I do have a question about my nail polish. Yeah. Like, it's a bottle, so am I out? Or do I still have it? No, you get to use it once a day. Okay. I mean, technically, you used it on one hand, so you could do it on another, your other hand, but I'll make you spend two badass tokens if you do that. Okay, good to know. As you're doing that, right, the iridium on your nails flares up and glows purple. Then your hand turns electrical and fire and and you hit her and that all happens. And then after you're done with that, the iridium has faded and now it's just a pretty purple. Nice. That was great. That was your attack. You still have movement and other actions if you want. Pigeon? Can pigeon bug? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Pigeon's going to peck at her. Peck at her wounds. But I can't infuse him, right? What's your MST mod? Three. Okay, so you used it once to infuse Pigeon outside of the tavern to go inside. You can do three additional times per day outside of the one normal per encounter. So I have one left. If you infuse him now, you'll have one left. Didn't I already use it twice? No, no. You used your normal one. You used it outside of combat. That counted as one. And then you got in combat and you used it. And you just are allowed to do that once per combat anyways. Okay. And then you're using it an additional time. So that would be the second of your three MST mod uses. Okay. So I'm going to infuse him with fire since she has no shield. And deal 13 damage. Is that 13 doubled already? Oh, no. 26. Okay. So you're down 26. Oh, my goodness. Like, I'm pissed. Yeah, you do... Pigeon goes and is pecking at her, really getting in those wounds. Some of them he's cauterizing, but it's bubbling as he fans his flames on it. She's looking real annoyed right now. We should be on the same team. You're better than these other people. I'm not even going to comment. You're dead. You're going to die. That's a cold shoulder even for me. Like after her comment, I'm just going to like turn my back towards her. Oh my God. Okay, she is, she's pissed. You just dealt all this damage to her and then turned your back to her like she's nothing. This is the first time that you've seen her not be calm and cordial. Yeah, it doesn't feel so good, does it? You jerk. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, Tarquin, your turn. Move number one. I'm going to drink my 1d8 shield potion. (laughs) (laughs) Good call, good call. Wise. Uh, That gets me a seven. Move number two. I wish to summon Gladys. (gasps) Ah! And if I summon her directly in front of me, she will be adjacent to Elena. Boom. It's been so long. Why don't you go ahead and describe what your dear companion looks like? She is basically like a seven foot tall claptrap with like wolverine claws and a lovely little bowler hat with a like daisy sticking out the top of it. I can move four. So just one, two, three, just going to back the fuck away. So you retreated north and you're in between the wall and a table getting closer to the bathrooms. I'm going for full-on Jurassic Park Donald Gennaro hiding in the toilet. <laughs> no, that doesn't that doesn't turn out well. <laughs> so Gladys is just gonna use her claws on Elena. That is 2d8 plus three. 15. 15 damage for attack number one. I like how this just devolved into like a full-on cat fight. Yeah. <laughs> you got Bailey on like bitch slapping people, pigeons pulling hair. 
Oh, Gladys is in there with the claws. <laughs> wow. Wonderful. We're all shouting back, no, leave it. She ain't worth it. <laughs> <laughs> second attack. I'm just going to do claws again, yeah? Great, yeah. Nine. Nine damage for the second attack. Both attacks you see going at her, and it, it rips her pretty dress. You see a little blood pour out. Ha, that's me done. Okay, she is there. She has been slapped. She is now bleeding. I am in range of my combat rifle. Sheriff O'Malley is behind me. So the only people that have attacked, right? So I'll remind you real quick. People that got activated were Jebediah, uh, and he is behind a table across from you. So if you attacked him, you'd get minus three to the attack there. The gift shop worker, and then the librarian. Lovely. That is fine. I will shoot. I'm just going to shoot at Elena. 15 accuracy and 18 damage. Bullets hit into her and she's looking rough for wear. She's taking damage. You're actually hitting flesh now. I still have two grenades left. Might as well. I will lob grenade. But wait, that is going to require an accuracy roll. was a seven accuracy. That's not great. Or I guess that would be seven, eight. Would I put my accuracy mod on that? Yeah. That'd be nine. It's still nothing great. You don't make it. You you pretty much get adjacent to Hurley, so you're, you're going to deal splash damage to Hurley. Oh, sorry, Hurley. Three splash damage for Hurley. She doesn't look too hurt by that or anything, but she also doesn't even react to getting hurt by it. Oh, that's right, because it's all weird. I'll just, I'll just hang out. I'm going to stay here. Good boy, you're up. I think I'm just going to shoot at her with my combat rifle. So she's seven squares away. I think the is the range a six on a combat rifle? Yeah. Okay. I'll move a little bit closer and then shoot at it. I think I want to stay behind the table. Roll me a traverse check. Uh, three. Or sorry, 13, not three. But then I get plus two to traverse check too. So 15. So as you step off, because you were standing on the ice path that she had left behind... And as you start to step off, you can start to feel your feet slide a little bit, but you catch yourself and you're able to move off without any hindrance. Thanks. Now you can attack. 17 for accuracy, and I dealt 20 points of damage. You shoot her and she flinches quite a bit as your combat rifle's bullets hit her in the back. Is there anybody around her? Adjacent to her is Hurley, Gladys, Phaleon. I'm going to throw a grenade. Wait, did you say Phaleon was right there? Yes. Oh, all right. Well, then maybe it won't throw. You don't want to piss Phaleon off. We are learning today. So now it's Elena's turn, and she is hurting real bad. She is going to use some mayhem points. Ooh. Tarquin, roll a d20 and then add your damage modifier to it. Ten. She focuses on you, raises her fist, and then clenches it, and you are frozen in a block of ice. Ugh. Classic, right? Like you're in the middle of an ice cube. Okay, cool. If I, I just need Princess Anna to come and kiss me, and I'll be fine. <laughs> and then, so wait, what does this, what does this mean? You won't be able to move. You're completely frozen. On your turn, in order to like break out, you're gonna have to roll a like a melee damage from inside to see if you have the strength to break out, or somebody can try and break you out. Is it dealing me any damage currently? No. Okay, good. I'm using a couple of mayhem points to do a a bit of shit right now, okay? Understandable. She is desperate. Real pissed at Phaleon. Gladys ticked her off too, so she's gonna move 
from where she is with this explosive force. So this entire like four squares of ice trail behind her explode forward. And those ice shards hit Gladys, Hurley, and Phaleon, dealing three points of damage to each of them. But then she has propelled herself all the way to Tarquin. You see her ice sword shatter. The rapier shatters and then a bigger blade comes and she's holding it with two hands and it's now an icy great sword. And she is going to slash at Tarquin. She deals 13 points of damage. Uh, I'm dead. Before I die, I cough. I look down at my icy body and I say... This was the only way you could get me hard, you ugly bitch. (laughs) (laughs) You say that right as she brings this great sword through the center of that ice block and the ice block cuts in half. The top half slides off and then falls down and your top half is sideways in this ice block on the ground and your bottom half is still standing upright where it was. Okay, and then there is the librarian is going to... Gladys is still out, by the way. She didn't go away. Uh, So the librarian moves up to Gladys. The gift shop worker moves closer towards Gladys as well and Mercurius. Jebediah is going to shoot at Good Boy. Jebediah pops out over the table, shoots at Good Boy, and deals seven points of damage. Hmm. What's that hmm for? What are you sitting at? Uh, seven. Oh, you have seven health left? Yeah, I was at 14. Wow. So then the librarian is going to punch at Gladys. Oh, wow, okay. And does eight points of damage to Gladys. Rude. Princess Consuela is going to run. So she's going to run on both sides of her. There's the gift shop worker and the librarian. And she puts both of her hands up. Red energy starts coming out. Flames start licking her hands. And she deals eight doubled because it's fire against ice. So 16 points of damage to the gift shop worker and the librarian. As her hands go out, they blast the flames forward and they just melt. And they are gone. Finally, she'd done something useful. Phaleon, you're up. So she is now, she's north of you six squares kind of closer to the bathrooms and by a table. Oh, I see her. I see her. So she's where Tarquin was? Yeah. Is he like still there? I mean, his icy body is. The two halves of his body are. Okay. I still have Pigeon infused, right? Yeah. I'm going to send Pigeon to her and attack for 11 points of damage. 22 points of damage because it's doubled because it's fire against flesh. She dead yet? She is not. She's looking real bad. Her clothes are very, very singed. Her hair is covered in soot. Her white hair has some black in it from the singe marks. I am going to pull out my crappy sniper. So I rolled 10 as my accuracy and dealt four points of damage. Goes through her kidney. I only had one of those because I lost the other to drinking. Now I'm definitely going to die. Can I still move? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to move towards Hurley. Can I try and revive her? I don't know what the right word is. How would you do that? So I would pull out the red gem and then touch her. Go ahead. You pull out the red gem. You feel that energy coursing through you. Roll me a d20. Six. That's going to be your range. You have the red gem in your hand. You feel the power coursing through you and then it just explodes out of you. 
you were trying to focus it on Hurley, but you couldn't quite hold that together. Instead, it's just this big orb that goes around you six squares in all directions. You see Hurley just dissipate. You see that one husband and wife that had the, the wood plank. You see Jebediah crouched behind a table. The table even dissipates. The walls around you dissipate. There's a wall to your right that had the door and you know that business child and the androgynous orc was there. The wall dissipates and then it continues on and you see business child and androgynous orc dissolve as well. The wall behind you goes and it even reaches Elena just barely. You see her giant sword that she has in her hand. It dissolves and all of the ice that she had formed from moving around that also dissolves. But as you use that, so does the red gem and the red gem just puffs into dust blows away into the non-existent wind. So you no longer have that red gem anymore. Bad day. Damn, this bar's looking real empty now that you've cleared everything out. After a moment or two, those walls don't start coming back. Damn. Tarquin, roll me a d20. 19. You're going to respawn in the bathroom. Well, like right now? Yeah. Death came for you, but we gave death an IOU. There's four stalls in this bathroom. You respawn the one that's westmost, actually closest to the, the entrance, and you pretty much rise up out of the toilet and <laughs> and there you are. But we do need to roll you a trauma. Yay, 2.5, coming back strong. This was a big boss fight. You got frozen in a solid block. It's It was very traumatic. You called her a bitch right before and you couldn't take that damage anyways because you were dying. Roll me a d20 and we'll give you a permanent trauma. 16. It's called No Ships, Sherlock. Your trusty sleuthing cap got rack poop on it. Minus one on search checks. Okay, lovely. I'll let you move, but not attack this turn because you just came back. That's all right. I'll stay in the toilet, but Gladys can still go, right? Yeah. So Gladys is going to move three spaces northwards to be adjacent to Elena again. And then we are going to do two attacks with the claws. So attack number one, 14 damage. And then attack number two, 13 damage. Ooh, wow. Okay. She is looking brink of death. Oh, go on then. I'll just peek my head out the toilet door. Wait, no, wait, wait. I'm gonna, just for effect, I'm gonna flush. Then I'm gonna peek my head out. Everybody's attention goes to there and then they see you coming out and they know there wasn't enough time for you to wash your hands. Absolutely. (laughs) And then I'm I'm gonna do, what is it, Ace Ventura. It goes, do not go in there. (laughs) Gladys disappears. She's dissolved. She is brink of death. She turns around and she looks at the rest of you, not her back is to Tarquin, and she sees Princess Consuela there. Roll an insight. Everybody who's in front of her, which would be Good Boy, Mercurius, and Phaleon. 13. 20. Nat 20 or? Yeah, Nat nice. 20. Do I add something to it? You don't need to. If a Nat 20 will always succeed. I got a 7. Phaleon, you're the only one that sees it. As soon as she turns around and she sees Princess Consuela, she has like a look of concern and confusion all at once. She falls to the ground. Uh, hands and knees, and she looks up at Princess Consuela and is making unbreaking eye contact. Princess Consuela, wait, I need answers. I came here to get answers. Who am I? What did, What were you doing with me? And she looks at her and, what happened to Siphon? Who's Siphon? And she steps a little bit closer to her. Elena looks at the three of you in front of her and says, you wouldn't hurt a child, would you? 
I would. Sarquin says that behind her and she raises a middle finger and then she slumps to the ground and she starts to dissolve. It's just these snow flurries coming up out of her body and you hear her say, Long live the Siren Queen. And then you hear an almost robotic humming sound and then disembodied voices. The vault is supposed to be here, but where? That's a lot of ground to cover. The map shows an underwater cave entrance in a lake, I think. Is that... Shit! We've got company. And the body of Elena has dissolved all the way where she was sits the blue gem. Princess Consuela starts to walk towards it. Phaleon, you hear it calling your name. I start running towards it. Push Consuela out the way. Go on, just hoof her onto the floor. So you're going to run. You get three squares, we'll say, on your run per her one movement. So she moves one square closer. She's now one square away. You're going to move one, two, three. You're two squares behind her at this point. She's moving one square forward, and you run one, two, and Princess Consuela is bent down, and she touches it, and this black light shoots out as soon as she touches it, and she immediately flies three squares to the left, to the west, away from there, and she is knocked out. And this black wave of energy just shakes kind of everybody. It pushes you back one square, Phaleon. You were so close. But again, the blue gem is calling to you. I keep going towards it. You start moving one square towards it. And then Tarquin, you hear a very strained voice in your head. And you know whose voice it is. Very familiar, very commanding, but panicked. And she says, Tarquin. You have to stop her. Shit, 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 shit. Uh, I'm going to run for the stone. I want both of you to roll d20s. Phaleon is only one square away. You are four squares away. And so you're going to get minus eight to your roll, Tarquin. I'm going to take... Remember, I've got right. I've got a bottle of ash, and I'm just going to yeet that at Phaleon's head. <laughs> okay. Go ahead and roll and interact. 19. Wow, Okay. Well, Phelion, go ahead and roll a speed check. So you get to add your speed modifier to it. Five. He throws this bottle at you of ash. It hits you. It breaks a cloud of ash. Sorry. I'm really sorry. Sorry. I just give you a middle finger. And you're disoriented. Okay. While she's disoriented, now I'm going to run for the stone. You're going to have a minus eight to your roll. And Kimmy will have a minus four to her roll because she's disoriented. Okay. Nine. Three. Tarquin, you get there first. What are you doing? Like, you managed to get there before Phaleon shakes off the dust. Okay, I saw what happened to Princess Consuela, so I'm going to untie my bandana and, like, like scoop the stone up in that rather than touch it with my skin. Roll and interact. 11. I mean, your bandana is not that thick to, like, cradle the gem that well, because... should have used my fucking cape. I'm wearing a fucking <laughs> cape. Why didn't I use my cape? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the gem's the size of your head, right? Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> it's, it's a sizable gem, uh, and you definitely realize that more as you're like, you were in a hurry and you thought, this'll do, but it's it's very precariously in there. Phaleon, do you ha- want to do anything at this point while he's, he's picked it up with his bandana? Well, don't really want to hurt him, but I do want the gem. You hear it calling you, like, stronger and stronger. 
Phaleon, stop! The Siren Queen said you shouldn't touch this. Why are we listening to her? Because she's saved my ass twice. She's the one that clued me up on how to um, break out of the Frosty Flagon. No, I just, I need the gem. No, ignore it. Whatever it's doing to you, ignore it. Roll a talk check, Tarquin. Yeah, 14. Oh my gosh, okay. The gem rolled a 15. Literally one difference. So the gem, it doesn't even necessarily make an argument necessarily, just that like feeling of home. So you're one square away. You are adjacent to Tarquin. Me? Both of, yeah, both of his hands are holding this gem in his bandana. So your call, your move. Oh, I don't know what to do. Okay, can I just reach and touch it? Yeah. Do you want to counter anything as she's trying to reach? Well, I'll try and like yank it out of her way. But at the same time, can I call to Mercurius and Good Boy and be like, grab her? Yeah. Don't touch me. They're very far away. <laughs> All right, let's change grab her to shoot her! Shoot her! Whoa, that got aggressive real fast. Phaleon and Tarquin, roll your competing roles. Let's do speed roll for Phaleon again. And then Tarquin, you're going to do a traverse it's more traversing with your hands. You're you're trying to avoid, right? 13. 20. Oh, 21. 21. Did you roll a nat 20? Yeah, I did. Good boy and Mercurius. He did yell, shoot her, shoot her. Do you, are you going to do anything? I'm not going to shoot Phaleon. Just in the foot or something. Nothing, to, nothing permanent. <laughs> She's got a brew you coin. Ice the bitch. <laughs> You have to take damage for that. Yes, all right. Call me a one. one. <laughs> Mercurius and Good Boy, what, are you going to do anything at all? Uh, I'm not. I'm going to freeze up because it's that's some pretty conflicting stuff going on there. Yeah, no, I don't think I'm going to do anything. Phaleon, do you want to describe how you how you grab it? I feel like I'm going to tickle his armpit and then he's going <laughs> to drop it and I'm just going to catch it. And I literally would. That's <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly what happens. Uh, and as soon as you catch it, you feel this immense energy. Like that red gem was nothing. Iridium is nothing compared to what you're feeling now. But it feels comforting in a way. It's almost like digging really deep into you. It's starting to build up in you. And you rise up into the air Flames are like licking your body. Electricity is licking your body and coming out and it starts to lash out at things in the building and tearing down the tavern. And then it just explodes. All of the ice people immediately melted, destroyed. Tarquin, Mercurius, good boy. You are just wrapped in these flames and this electricity and you go up in the air and you feel burning and then Phaleon, these flames and this electricity and this horror show is happening before your eyes. You just see your friends getting eaten up in your flames and your electricity. You shoot up sitting straight up. You're in a bed. You feel this panic. You're breathing heavy. You're looking around. There's no more flames. There's no more electricity. And you start to calm down as you see what? The room is small. I have a little nightstand next to me with some flowers. 
And then on the bed, there's some teddy bears and other stuffed animals. And there's just toys around the room. Yeah, and you feel at home. You feel peaceful. You start to feel at ease like the nightmare's over. It was just a nightmare. And from outside of your room, you hear a familiar woman's voice say, Baileon, rise and shine. Breakfast is ready. some listeners if they had any questions so voidshift underscore c sent us a couple and they asked why is tarquin the only one who visits the siren queen i can answer that now it's because he's the one that dies strictly luck (laughs) anyone could have visited her in the tavern it was whoever took the most damage and so phil being the excellent roller he is of course took the most damage but also you know the siren queen wants a bit of britstone (laughs) well yeah who doesn't absolutely they asked what happened to the rest of the passengers of the train when the party left them all behind and that kind this kind of answers that that they're somewhere here in everfalls oh here's the question here's another question that i wanted to answer on this one is there a reason why tarquin doesn't use use gladys or does phil just forget no I save her. I try and save her to right before I'm about to die. But sometimes I get caught out and just die straight away. (laughs) It's kind of like a break for emergencies is how you treat Gladys. Yeah, I usually if I'm down to like less than 10 health, then I'll be thinking, right, time for Gladys. But like the last few times I've been wiped out by like 15 point hits and 20 point hits, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, listeners, you can send in questions, DM them on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, email them to us at ffadventureco at gmail.com, or even join our Discord, and there's a channel in there specifically for listener questions. Thank you for listening to Friend Info Adventure Co. We hope you enjoyed the episode and the series, because they're all dead now, so surely the show's over, right? Surely they can't come back from flames and electricity. I want to give a big shout out to both Kyle, who's done a lot of the music, and then Char13, 13, 13 Roman numerals. You can find them at Char13 on their social medias on YouTube. They did that epic final music there, the buildup, and then the music box stuff. So good. Oh, be sure to go check them out. Thank you, Char. You are awesome. A week from the day this airs, it's my birthday. So if you're liking the show and want to give me a nice little present, it'd mean a lot to me if you could rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and or Good Pods. Good Pods, you can comment even just on specific episodes or the entire show or both. If you've already done all that, then tag us on our social medias at FF Adventure Co., and let us know what either your favorite moment of this episode was or your favorite moment of the entire series, what that has been. Or even just a little nice comment of something you like about the show or something you think we do well, whatever it is, just some nice words. And even if you haven't done the former, you can still do the latter. I'll allow it. 
thanks everyone who participated in the Good Pods event last time, two weeks ago from when this aired. We had a very successful TTRPG takeover. And big news, it was fun, it was exciting. We were number one in a couple of the charts for a good while of it. It would kind of fluctuate because you know people would come in and out and what listen to things. It was really, really fun. So we were number one, and we still are number one in a couple of charts, mainly the games and the leisure genres. Two weeks later, we're still holding strong. We're number one for the month or the last 30 days, I think is how their metric is. So we're number one for the entire month in both leisure and games. And that's not even just indie podcasts. That includes the big ones, too. We also met a lot of really awesome folks in the actual play podcasting space. And so we've had a lot of fun, cool interactions with them. You'll start to hear some of their promos mid-episode. Like today's, you will have already heard Billowing Hilltop, which is really fun. I've listened to 10 of their episodes. It's really good stuff. I literally yell at my phone sometimes at some of the moments because I'm just like, what are you doing? Don't do that. Or like, oh no, you know, it, it just, it gets exciting. It's a great group. They have great uh, dynamic. And you can hear me on their next episode that comes out tomorrow from when this airs or Wednesday, episode 137 of theirs. I chatted with their GM uh, for like eight minutes and it just plays at the beginning of the episode, kind of a little mini interview where we plug our show and, and just chat for a little bit. Awesome. Awesome guy. Mike is great. Great game master over there really go check out their show you can find links to our social media good pods profiles coffee and whatever else like a link to what played in the mid ad rolls like billowing hilltop you can find all that in the episode description our next episode will be in two weeks april 25th and semi apologies because it's not continuing from this cliffhanger because they're all totally dead, right? Yeah, so like, can't do that anyway. It's definitely not because I'm going to need a little extra time to edit the insanity that's about to happen. So the next episode is a flashback and it is absolutely hilarious. I think it might be one of the funniest episodes yet. Anyway, that's it. Enough rambling on. Thanks again for all your support. It really does mean the world to us. And until next time, remember, badasses help elderly people cross the street. The Hunter We're never real. We're all a figment of Phaleon's imagination and her dreams. <laughs> oh no. My whole life is a lie. Are you mad? I am your daughter. <laughs>